0: Matthew 5 39 KJV But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. There may be some of you that will not agree with what I am about to say. I understand that. And if you can show me where my understanding is wrong, I will acknowledge it, but from what I read in the Bible, this is what I see about how the children of God are to interact with our enemies, when we solely represent the kingdom of God. We've all read this quoted scripture from Jesus, correct? Question, do you think Jesus was joking or using a metaphor? In other words, do you think that Jesus was using a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action, to which it is not literally applicable? Considering all the other things that Jesus asked us to do that go against the grain of human nature, I would have a tendency to say that you'd have a pretty difficult time making a case that Jesus did not mean exactly what he said. How about Luke 627 27-36 NASP? But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who are abusive to you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also, and whoever takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? for even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Emphasis is mine. And what do you think is the point that Jesus is trying to make us understand? Would it be that we are to be different from those who are focused on the ways of this world? If we only love those who love us, would that make us different? If we only do good to those who do good to us, would that make us different? If we only lend to those who we expect to receive it back from, would that make us different? Obviously the answer to those questions is no, it would not make us different. How about using force, say like using a sword, to stop something that is about to happen that is perceived as wrong, from happening? You recall how Jesus instructed Peter to ensure that His disciples had swords handy just before Jesus was arrested, Luke 2235 35-38. If you need to refresh your memory on what transpired, just click here. You recall that Jesus specifically said that these changes from the norm, were now necessary to do what? Fulfill prophecy is in Isaiah 53:12, a.e. numbered with the wrongdoers. Two swords were available and Jesus indicated that it was enough. Did each disciple require a sword? Evidently not, because Jesus said that two swords were enough. Wrongdoers tried to enforce their goals by force, they typically carried swords. You recall what Jesus said to the chief priests, officers of the temple and elders in Luke 2252 52-53 NASP, and Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come against him, have you come out with swords and clubs as you would against a man inciting a revolt? While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this hour and the power of darkness are yours. Peter cuts off the ear of the guard and Jesus reprimands him for doing so, and heals the guard's ear. And the reasoning Jesus gave? Those who life by the sword shall die by the sword. Emphasis is mine. So yes, Jesus was numbered with the wrongdoers but he did not condone the use of force to further the kingdom of God. Not once. It's important to note that we are not talking about a country's army or forces using weapons, we are talking about the kingdom of God and as such we are solely talking about the children of God who are within the kingdom of God. Fighting for your country, either as a Christian or a non-Christian is one thing, fighting for the Kingdom of God is another. They are not one and the same. When we solely represent the Kingdom of God, using force against your enemy is never condoned. When you love your enemies as children of God, within the Kingdom of God, you do not kill them. Nor do you slander them or threaten them or mistreat them in any way. And how far would Jesus take this different way of thinking? Luke 23:34 gives us the answer. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And parting his garments among them, they cast lots. There is a lot of misunderstanding within the Christian church today when it comes to standing up for your country and standing up for the kingdom of God. When our country is attacked by an enemy, both Christians and non Christians would be compelled to defend our country with force. That is the way of the world, and because Christians live in countries where everyone is not Christian, most Christians would respond to a foreign attack by defending our country with force. However, when it comes to the Christian Church, the body of true believers, which I would think, should qualify as being of the Kingdom of God, is being attacked, either verbally or physically, this attack does not give the children of God the authority or mandate to deviate from what Jesus specifically asked us to do, as children of God, when dealing with our enemies or those who disagree with us. If we, as Christians, spend half the time and effort fulfilling the Great Commission that Jesus commanded us to do, in the manner in which He instructed us to do it, as we currently do working towards earthly solutions, then maybe this current mess that we, as the Christian Church are in, within our countries, where the lines have been crossed between building the Kingdom of God and establishing power bases to advance our Christian ideals, would have a totally different outcome. One methodology uses worldly means while the other depends entirely on God to fulfill the anticipated result ungodly means are never justified to accomplish godly goals. Jesus told us that without him we could do nothing and no, that wasn't a metaphor either. Not only have we walked away from loving our enemies but we have also walked away from loving one another, which the early Christian church was noted for. If ever there was a hostile environment during the birth of the Christian church, it would have to be Rome. And, as history records, the early Christian church turned the then known world upside down. And the reasons for that, preaching Christ crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit and behold how they love one another. I find it ironic that the exact opposite is now happening, the world and its lawless thinking, is now turning the Christian church upside down. We put our trust and hopes into worldly efforts behind a man and a political party, because we failed to follow the great commission that Jesus gave us and build the kingdom of God. And what did God tell us? My ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Funny how we keep forgetting that. So please don't tell me that as Christians we are justified to slander our enemies and demean those who disagree with us. We are entitled to make our case but it should be validated by our actions and words towards them, even in disagreement and those actions and words should be different from how the world reacts because we are different. Problem being, or not. Does the church need to repent, individually and collectively? You tell me. Worthy is the Lamb. Blessings.